If you're a pro, you know that this is not efficient because you know there's a better way. There's also a better way to save. When pro customers buy building supplies in bulk at Lowe's, they save up to 20% every day. Buy in bulk and save up to 20% on concrete, gypsum, and gypsum accessories. At Lowe's, buy more, save more. Visit the Pro Desk or Lowe'sForPros.com for details. Discount applies to contract to pack items. Minimum purchase required, U.S. only. Hey, folks, it's Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com coming back to you on the Locked on Bucks podcast, episode 92 coming to you today. This is a Tuesday morning. Actually, it's probably a Tuesday afternoon by the time you get this. A little later than usual. Uh, off day for the Bucks, as most Tuesdays are. Uh, but anyway, we can wrap up, uh, sorry, we can wrap up uh, Sunday's big win against the Chargers and look ahead today to the Bucks coming back home Sunday to face the Saints. Not a terrifically newsy Monday to start with. We did get Dirk Cutter. Uh, you know, the Bucks win. They get victory Monday. So no access to players on Monday. We did get Dirk Cutter. Uh, talked to him for about 15 minutes Monday afternoon. Not a whole lot of injury updates to speak of. A lot of murkiness still on a lot of these guys. Uh, we definitely know that Cecil Shorts is done for the season and probably done for a good part of 2017 as well. Uh, just a terrible injury for him on the first drive for the Bucks. He has uh, pulled the trifecta on knee ligaments. He has torn the ACL, MCL, and PCL in dislocating his knee. Uh, kind of knew it was bad right away in the field when they bring out the air cast and caught and, and cart him off. Uh, really nice. Cecil Shorts had a message on Instagram uh, thanking the fans for their support. Uh, you know, Cecil's a very religious guy. He's going to push through this. Uh, made a point to say that it definitely wasn't a dirty hit. Very nice of him to kind of reach out for Jaleel Adai, the uh, Chargers safety who hit him, uh, and make it clear that it wasn't a dirty hit. Uh, it's a bad, bad injury, but there's no malice there. There's no intent to injure. Uh, it was neat to see them go back and forth on social media, uh, kind of lifting each other up. Uh, Cecil Shorts you know, had a pretty quiet season, had 10 catches for the Bucks, um, kind of limited by that hamstring for much of the first half of this season, uh, and obviously came up with some big catches along the way. Uh, Bucks have not announced any moves yet, but we can expect they're going to promote Josh Huff off the practice squad. Josh is a guy they got from uh, the Eagles after his arrest up in New Jersey. Uh, has had about a month on the practice squad, kind of learning things. Uh, he's a speed guy, somebody that can definitely help them against the Saints passing defense that gives up a lot of yards. Uh, could also help them in the return game if they make the decision to switch away from Ryan Smith. Bucks are still dead last in the league in kickoff returns. Uh, I don't think they've had a single kickoff return longer than 24 yards this year. Uh, so Huff would definitely give them a little bit more of a big play threat, both in the passing game and on special teams. Again, that's not official yet. We do know that they've brought Bernard Reedy back on the practice squad. Uh, Speedy Reedy, uh, St. Pete kid from Lakewood High School, played at Toledo. Um, you know, had, had some really promising stuff in the preseason and then got hurt late in the preseason uh, and got waved injured. But back now in the practice squad, uh, excited for Bernard as a guy that, that was well-liked here in the summer and in the preseason, uh, which means they're probably promoting. I tend to think the fact that they're signing another one makes me think they might be promoting two. So you could see Huff up replacing Shorts. You could see Dante Die up uh, while Adam Humphreys is up uh, in concussion protocol right now. Still waiting to see on that. Dirk Cutter did confirm uh, what we had expected, that Charles Sims is going to be back for uh, Sunday's game. Sims has been on injured reserve uh, out for the last eight weeks um, with a knee. 
but he comes back, and I think, honestly, he could help the Bucks as much at receiver right now as at running back. He's a guy they like to line up in the slot, use his speed downfield, is a very good route runner as a running back, uh, a great pass-catching back, was one of their top receivers last year. Uh, so I think he'll help them as a complimentary back, as a third down back as they need it. Uh, they already have Doug Martin. They already have Jacquez Rogers. And Doug Martin has a little bit of an injury concern uh, after getting bent back late in the game. Not to go off on a tangent here, that actually happened a lot earlier in the game than I realized. Uh, went back and watched the tape. And he got hurt uh, with five minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, came back for a single play in the fourth, just a play-action pass to Freddie Martino. But the last 20 minutes of the game, almost exclusively Jacquez Rogers. Uh, and obviously, Jacquez came through with the first down there at the end as they're trying to salt away the clock. But uh, Doug Martin had said he's doing fine. Dirk Cutter said he thought he was okay. Uh, so we should see uh, really all four running backs available for the Bucks on Sunday against the Saints in Martin, Rogers, Sims, and Peyton Barber, uh, who kind of was used sparingly Sunday but had a big uh, fourth down conversion, has kind of been their short yardage guy so far this season. Uh, so Sims is back. They've got to figure out a roster spot there. They're going to have to do some, some creative roster juggling because they've added injuries, uh, but they don't necessarily have roster spots available. So if they get Evan Smith back, for instance, that might allow them to cut Josh Allen. You could see a defensive tackle like John Hughes cut. He's been inactive the last couple games. Uh, so you might have to sacrifice your depth on the interior defensive line just to get a few more healthy bodies in. Um, you know, they've got almost as many injuries as they'll have inactive spots. We don't know if Will Golston will be back. It sounds like that's just a sprain on his ankle. He had his foot in the boot after the game on Sunday. We'll know more on Wednesday we get that first injury report. But for now, uh, I'm told it's a sprained ankle uh, for Will Golston. We'll see how long that sidelines him. Uh, the Bucks could very well just promote, Lam- not promote, but Devontae Lambert has been inactive the last two weeks. And they could have him be active, and they wouldn't necessarily have to make a move on the 53 with Golston out. Uh, we don't know how they'll handle it, but that could be a move that, that doesn't require a, a full roster change there. Uh, talked a little bit yesterday, but uh, we got our first update on Pro Bowl ballots. Uh, Buccaneers kind of wondering which players for the Bucks might make it to the uh, Pro Bowl, which is in Orlando this year, scenic Orlando. Uh, and, and by numbers, by what they've earned on the field, it certainly seems like Mike Evans is a pro bowler. Gerald McCoy is a pro bowler. I don't know who else gets in right now. It kind of depends on uh, that weird NFC-AFC split and where the talent is and who's on playoff teams and who's on Super Bowl teams, who decides to take the week off for injury. Uh, what's curious is that in the first fan balloting, the only Buccaneers player that comes in in the top five at their position is actually Quan Alexander who is fourth among inside linebackers in the NFL. He's got about 93,000 votes. It's kind of cute. If you follow Quan on Twitter, uh, obviously you can vote on social media this year for Pro Bowlers in the fan vote. It's kind of neat. All you have to do is have a hashtag in the player's name, and it counts toward their total. So, And retweets work as well. So like the Bucks are constantly asking fans to retweet with all their prime players. Pro Bowl possibilities. What's cute is that anytime anybody tweets about Quan Alexander and the Pro Bowl, his mom will retweet it. It's adorable. Uh, her name is Peaches Taylor, which is adorable in itself. Uh, but Peaches, a very proud mama, uh, will retweet anybody that puts the Pro Bowl. So if he has 90,000 votes right now, I swear uh, 5,000 of them are his mom. Just very consistent. Anytime I, I have her on my timeline, and I've got a lot of people I follow on my Twitter timeline, but 
when I see her, it's her retweeting a fan shouting out Quan Alexander, uh, which is very sweet. Um, so uh, a shout out to Peaches Taylor there, repping Quan for the Pro Bowl. If he goes there, he's got to make sure he takes mom. It's not quite the same as taking her to Hawaii, uh, but get her to Orlando. She's been a, been a big part of it. Was looking. It's wild to see the disparity in that some teams have a ridiculous amount of players that are in that top five. It's 19 different positions they do. So you have 95 spots that make the top five. There's two that are doubled up, like Antonio Brown is there as a returner and a receiver. Uh, Buffalo has a guy who's there as a linebacker and a special teams guy. But 93 spots, and there's still five teams that don't have anybody in the top five. Like, I know you guys are upset that the Bucks only have one with Quan, that Mike Evans isn't in there, that Gerald McCoy isn't in there at D-tackle. Uh, but the Lions, the Packers, the Niners, the Texans, and the Jaguars don't have anybody in the top five. And the Packers, you'd think, would do pretty well. Uh, a decent amount of Packer fans out there across the country. Uh, Detroit, you know, a first-place team. Matt Stafford does not get in. Golden Tate does not get in. None of their players get in. Um, not all that surprised with, with the Jaguars and the Texans and the Niners. But uh, the teams with the most, uh, Dallas, as you might imagine, between their success and their fan base, has 14 guys that are in the top five of their position. Uh, 14 guys, obviously Zach Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, but I mean, Everybody on that roster. Uh, half the offensive line is there. Special teams guys. It's crazy. Um, teams with the next most, Oakland and Seattle with 10 each. Uh, but most of the NFL has like one or two players. There's just a cluster. I mean, that's uh, half the players going to the uh, the top four or five teams in the NFL. So it's kind of clustered that way. Pro Bowl validating online, NFL.com. Uh, cast your votes there for however many Bucks players you want to. Uh, spent a decent amount of time this morning looking at the Saints, uh, trying to get a better feel for them. Uh, you know, they, they go into this game two games back of the Bucks, and they face the Bucks twice in the next three weeks. So I'm sure in their mind, if they can sweep this and get some help from Atlanta, they're right back in the thick of things. Right now, they're two games out of the wild card. Uh, three of their last four games are at home, so they're fading down the stretch. Uh, they just got uh, beat by the Lions on Sunday, struggled there, only put up 13 points. It's interesting. If you look at their roster, uh, look at their schedule, Saints are 5-7 and seven this year, but they're 1-6 and six against teams that have winning records right now. Uh, they're 4-1 and one against teams with losing records, so congratulations on beating uh, the Rams, the Niners, the Panthers, and another team I can't read. Who is that? Um, but they're 4-1 and one against teams with losing records. Their only win against a team with a winning record is Seattle, which is a solid win, but they've lost to the Raiders, the Giants, the Packers, the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Lions, one and six against teams with winning records, uh, and unfortunately for them, uh, three of their last four against teams with winning records. So that's going to be tough. You know, we talk a lot about their offense. Obviously, Drew Brees, uh, ridiculously successful. Uh, he has three thousand nine hundred thirteen yards, leads the NFL in passing yards. He's on pace for fifty two hundred. Uh, this is what's remarkable about Drew Brees. That would be his fifth five thousand yard passing season. Everyone else in NFL history has four total. Everyone else, nobody else has more than one. He's on pace for his fifth. Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, Matt Stafford, Tom Brady each have one. He's on pace for his fifth. Uh, also has 30 touchdowns, which leads the NFL. Despite throwing as much as he has, he's fourth in the NFL in passer ratings. He's got a 105 quarterback rating. The only guys better are Brady, Ryan, and somehow Dak Prescott. That's uh, amazing. But uh, lots of targets there. You got 30 touchdowns, but nobody has more than seven. 
Michael Thomas, the rookie from Ohio State, that's Keyshawn Johnson's nephew, has seven touchdowns. Brandon Cooks has six. Willie Sneed has four. Kobe Fleener has three. Four different guys with 500-plus yards. I was looking, trying to figure out how many teams in the NFL have two guys on pace for 1,000 yards receiving. Uh, as you might guess, the Saints are one of them with Thomas and Cooks, both over 800 yards. Stop the podcast, hit pause, and try and figure out who those other five teams are that would have two 1,000-yard players in receiving yards. And the answer is uh, the guys that have it, six teams with two guys on course for 1,000 yards. Give me a little bit more time to formulate your guesses in case you didn't pause and you're in the car trying to think, ah, maybe it's, no, maybe it's um, your teams. Green Bay with Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams. Oakland, if you remember well as a Bucks fan, uh, with Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. Denver, another team the Bucks have faced in Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Seattle, another team the Bucks have faced in Doug Baldwin and Jimmy Graham. Uh, Carolina, another team the Bucks have faced in Greg Olson and Kelvin Benjamin. Kelvin Benjamin is like on pace for 1,005, like just barely squeezes in, but he's in. And the Saints. So there are six teams with two guys on course for 1,000 yards. The Bucks have the privilege of playing five of the six. So a big challenge for their pass defense, obviously, uh, as anybody that faces Drew Brees can attest. Guy that's underrated in this, we talk a lot about the Saints passing game, uh, but Mark Ingram, second in the NFL, 5.3 yards per carry. Uh, hasn't run the ball as much just because the Saints are behind so much, but he's got 758 yards. And again, his yards per carry, 5.3, second best in the NFL. So don't forget about him. Uh, again, some big numbers for this offense. They rank number one in total offense, that's yards per game, number two in scoring offense, 28.9 points a game, uh, and number one on third downs, 49.7%. Nearly half their third downs are converted, so very hard to get them off the field. That will be a big challenge for the Bucks defense. Uh, what helps the Bucks is that their defense is still struggling. Uh, Saints defense, 26th in total defense, 30th in pass defense, uh, 11th against the run. And actually, what's funny is they've gotten better. Like, we laugh, okay? But the Saints, you, you want to sit there and say, wow, the Saints have given up at least 20 points in 10 straight games, right? But they did much better to get to that point. Uh, their first five games, they gave up at least 34 points in four of them. So at least 34 points in four of their first five games. Uh, they haven't done that at all in the last seven games. Last seven games... That defense has clamped down and held teams to 28 or less. Uh, if you look at a per-game average, they were giving up 33.6 points a game in the first five. They've given up 23.9 in the last seven. So again, they're about 10 points better than the team they opened the season with. Uh, even having said that, still a bad defense and one that's uh, a lot like the Chargers in terms of having trouble late in games. I was looking at their schedule in terms of... Uh, Close wins, close losses. Just to run through a couple things here. Uh, against the Raiders in week one, and this is kind of what springboarded the Raiders to where they are as a successful team. Saints are up 24-13 in the fourth quarter, up 11. They give up a touchdown with 49. No, I'm sorry. They go up. No, 24-13. Sorry. I should just take that little part out. But they're up 24-13 in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. They give up a touchdown with 49 seconds left. Jack Del Rio... Goes for two, and the Raiders pull out a 35-34 win. So the Saints give up 22 points in the fourth quarter of that one. Uh, against the Giants, it's a tied game with 2.54 left, and they give up a field goal as time expired. They lose. That's 16-13. So their defense stepped up and played really well in that game, and they still lost. 
against the uh, Broncos. Uh, this is crazy. They tie the game with 122 left, have a PAT to go ahead for the win, and that PAT is blocked, and the PAT is returned for a two-point conversion, a lot like what the Falcons had against the Chiefs on Sunday. What would be a go-ahead extra point instead goes the other way for a two-point conversion, and they lose to the Broncos 25-23 in a game in which they led in the fourth quarter. Uh, So they have three games this year in which they were tied or ahead in the final three minutes and lost. They have another three losses against the Lions, Chiefs, and Panthers in which they were within six points in the fourth quarter and lost. So of their seven losses, six of them close enough to be within a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Uh, The only one that isn't is the one Falcons lost for them. Uh, They've also done their share, just before you get too excited thinking they just fold in the fourth quarter. They've had some good finishes, too. Uh, Against the Chargers, they are down, uh, no, yes, against the Chargers, down 34-21 with five minutes to go. And they come back and get two Drew Brees touchdowns and beat the Chargers 35-34 with two touchdowns in the last five minutes. Uh, Against the Panthers, uh, they won with 11 seconds left in their first game with them. And then... uh, they were down in the fourth quarter against the Seahawks, came back at a score and won 22-20. So they've had three games where they've also rallied and won late. So again, this is a team very used to playing close games at the end. If you look at their losses, again, they have seven losses as a team. One, they lost by one to the Raiders, by two to the Broncos, by three to the Giants, three to the Panthers, six to the Chiefs. So that's five losses to good teams. Uh, I mean, I guess, I don't know, can't can the Panthers as a good team. But uh, Chiefs, Broncos... Cowboys, Giants, those are four playoff teams right now. And they lost to all four of them by six points or less. So tight game. Uh, you'd say momentum is shifted with the Bucks right now. Uh, but it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a lot of points probably on the scoreboard on Sunday. Um, looking forward to that. Obviously a lot on the line for the Bucks. If they can win that, that kind of puts some separation between them and the Panthers toward that second Saints game on Christmas Eve. Obviously, the Saints are going to want to win at home on Christmas Eve, but they're not going to have nearly as much real playoff motivation if the Bucks have won to go three games up on them in the division and in the wildcard hunt. So this is one win now that would make another win in two weeks a lot easier for them. Uh, it's hard to sweep anybody. Uh, it's hard to beat the Saints in their own building as well. But uh, the first step toward that might be winning here in Tampa on Sunday. Guys, I'm going to wrap things up here. Uh, Rambled for a full 18 minutes here in the podcast. We'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, Should have a little bit more of an update with roster moves coming through. Uh, Some of the procedural stuff we expect the Bucs to do today. We'll have more on that on Wednesday. More on the Saints and that prolific offense they'll face. Uh, But for now, that should do it. Thanks again for listening, folks. For the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com, this is Greg Allman. Thanks again for listening to the Locked on Bucks podcast. We'll be back on Wednesday. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.